The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe, give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's take our declaration quickly and then we'll sit down. Then we'll teach and then we'll continue to pray. That's what we already do on Tuesday. Today's our school of prayer. And the aim is to teach us to pray. That's what the Bible says. Disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. That tells that prayer is very important. If anybody tells you you have prayed enough, what's the person who's speaking for? Who's he speaking for? Satan. Satan. Only those who speak for Satan utter words like, we have prayed enough. No, we have not prayed enough. Men ought always to pray and never get tired of praying. So let's take our declaration of understanding. We like to do that. It kindles our spirit and helps us to, you know, understand what the Lord will be saying to us. Amen? Amen. Are we ready? All right. So we're going to read it loud, everybody. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I've been filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. All right, that's what the Lord will do for you today. Amen. Something good is going to happen to somebody. Oh, healing power is being released. Amen. Vision for direction is being released. Amen. I said vision for direction is being released. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Confusion is being removed. Amen. God is about to change the past for somebody. Amen. They tell you that it doesn't change the past. No, I've told you it's not true. Mm-hmm. It changes the past. <laughs> So it's going to do it for somebody today Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats, please. All right, let's continue. What we are discussing is how to make the spiritual real in our lives. That's what we are talking about. We are activating a realm of walk. Please let me repeat some things I said last time, and I'll pick it up from there. And that is the fact that, number one, you decide the realm you want to walk in. That's how life is. You, it's your decision. It's your decision. You can decide. Actually, there are like three realms you can choose from. Now, when I say you decide, I don't mean that I want to walk in the realm of prosperity. That's not what I mean. So I decide I'm going to walk in the realm of abundant prosperity. That's not what I mean. What I mean is this. You either walk in the spiritual realm and the, the reality and the plan of God becomes real in your life, how God ordained for this earth to be will be built around you and you begin to expand it from that focus. You can decide that. Or you can walk in a level in which you are like man after the fall, in which from the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. You understand? Thorn and thistles, the earth will bring forth for you. And in which case you see yourself struggling all the time you know, you're just within, that is, you don't have any knowledge of God. Now, things may work well now, because that's what people don't realize. God said to them, the day you eat of it, that day, you will surely die. Of course, you know, the Adam walked for a long time. It was after that he began to have children. But then the word of God did not fail. That day, he left the garden. That day, things, did, you know, death means that you're not disconnected, right, from the flow of the Spirit of God. 
and then things begin to wind down. So the process begins to change in his life. What he could see before, he doesn't see them anymore. So the presence of God, the presence of the angels of God becomes more distant and distant. I said earlier, that is the earlier part, they were, they were angels in the garden. It was not a prayer point to see angels. They routinely will come and discuss with Adam. And they explain things to him. That was why Adam didn't learn by experimenting. He was told things. He was told this is how you farm. And you, I hope you understand that. He was not idle. He was walking. I hope you're getting my point. A time will have come that he will have had to develop mobile phones. That, that will have, don't assume that um, he was going to be walking around, around naked all the days of his life. Believe me, he will have had to dress up at a point in time when there are other people in the garden. You are getting my point. All right. So, so technology was part of the things I was going to do and his descendants, of course. So it wasn't idle. Don't think we just wake up in the morning and ask if which mango is ripe now. The impression we're giving that oh, he didn't have to farm. No, he had to farm. He had to put things in order. God gave him the instruction to guard it and keep it. All right? They, I mean, he had to tell the angels where not to step. That, please, that's my new rose garden. So let's bear that in mind. He was busy. What I'm just trying to say is that he wasn't experimenting, except the experiment was necessary for God to teach him something. He was taught. He had instructions. But once he left the garden, those things came to an end. Then suddenly he had to start making discoveries by himself. And that discovery, of course, that was what eating of the tree, uh, the, eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's what that thing meant. So life now changed for him. Okay? So now the visitations of God become, will now become far in between. It now becomes a miraculous thing if Manuel is somewhere and then, or the wife is somewhere and then a strange individual comes to see them. So seeing an angel was now a miraculous experience to be testified about. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Those are the consequences of death. All right? Now, of course, a man lived like that for a long time. There's a third level I said walking. I didn't talk about the third one. There's, you can live like an animal. <laughs> that is the third level. You don't live by your instinct. You don't think. You don't plan. You don't... If you are going on the road, you see somebody's food, you want to eat it, you take it by force. Animal live. Usually you don't live long. When there are other people who are not like animals, they are going to do to you what they do to animals. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happens, okay? They quickly use it for target practice, and then that's the end of you. Those are the three levels, right? You can, you know, walk in. You can, but the point I want to emphasize is that you choose. You choose. The natural one is that second level, which I'm talking about. You struggle by yourself. Now, there's a, a system has been built around it on the earth. It's been built around it through experimenting, through the vestiges of the blessing that God gave to Adam and Eve and mankind from the beginning. And then occasionally, of course, it still interjects. The spiritual state comes into that realm and gives things to people. And I dare to say, all scientific breakthroughs have gone to come by that level. It's not possible. You know, you won't realize it. Because, you see, when God wants to give things, it's not everything that comes like... Um, the detail that like the angel will have told Adam those days, no. Now, God just plants a spirit. Like the man I gave as an example, I, 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 I give as an example once in a while, is Charles Towns. He won the Nobel Prize for Physics, I think, somewhere in the late, late 60s. He was the one that in, 
well, his publication, his work was on what is called the microwave amplification through stimulated emission of radiation, which was now added to light amplification at that wavelength, and they will now have what they call lasers today. Now, how did he get his, um, he won the John Templeton Award because of an article he wrote on how he got the idea. Now, John Templeton gives prizes annually, bigger than Nobel Prize, for people who will research into the relationship between the physical and the spiritual, all right? So anytime you, 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 I mean, you do something to show the relationship, they will recognize it if you are the one for the year. They give you like $1.5 million, just like Nobel does with a, little, a lower amount of money. So the John Templeton Award for about 20 years ago, was he got it. And what was the reason? Because he wrote an article which was published in one university journal in which he explained how he came to the idea of microwave amplification through stimulated emission of radiation. And he explained that it was like what they call an epiphany, you know, just like a revelation. Let's use the Christian word. It was a revelation. And he said that if prophets hear from God, that's the closest he came to it. That's for him. That's how it came to him, you know, as a revelation. Now, they will try to tell you that his subconscious was working and things tied together at a particular point. Uh, but really, that was not what happened. What happened was that heaven dropped something in him. And let me add another thing. People have sometimes have told that, but this person was not a Christian. Who told you that it's only Christians that God drops things for? <laughs> God uses people. You know what they means to be used? Yeah, he uses. It's called use. It's called use. You're in the lab all the time. One angel just say, let's... There's, because you have to understand that the things happening in the world, they are also in seasons, they are in stages. For example, you see the Bible will tell you things like the true prophets will be killed and the whole world will see it. And those who read it many years ago, they were wondering, they thought it was a figurative speech. What do you mean by the whole world will see who? You know, people started explaining it like, okay, what the Bible meant. <clears throat> now the explanation is not big anymore. You can do anything anywhere in the world and the whole world will see it at the same time. Before we thought it was just television, but now it's not beyond television. It's internet. It's live streaming. People now live stream. Jihadists kill people for everybody to see live. Sports. Records are broken live. You watch it. All right? Now have, they have live TV all the time. Now that's technology. Okay, what I'm going to say is that so sometimes God has to bring some things actually to pass development to fulfill the word that he has, um, he has spoken. Thank you. All right, if he says this is going to happen, it's going to happen. He will prepare the ground for it. When he said knowledge will increase, whether all of you are believers or not, when it is time for knowledge to increase, he will give the opportunity for knowledge to increase. Do you follow my point? It doesn't, the mistake we used to make is that only Christians. No. Once in a while, God will use it. It's called use. He uses people. That's what I want you to understand. He uses people. Technology is determined by God. The advancement in technology is not a research of mankind. No, it's not. Each technology has its own season. All right? For example, now, before, for you to read the Bible, <laughs> you had, um, I forgot how many scrolls. Not this is scrolls, all right? But a lot of scrolls. Like sound, it's five scrolls. You know your sounds? It's five scrolls. Because it's five books. All right? There are some that are just one book. I think Ezra and Nehemiah are just one scroll. So anyway, but you can imagine, there are a lot of scrolls put together for you to have a Bible. So if they had to give you there was no point. So when, that's one of the reasons why Paul told Timothy, give attention to reading. What he said literally is that give attention to the public reading of scripture. Most people didn't have it at home. <laughs> you had to come to church to pay attention to read. How many people have those scrolls? Do you understand? But the time came, 
God said, no, forget this scrolling thing. They began to type things. Then a time came when printing. When Gutenberg, whatever, that printing press started. That all you need to do. Just put a sheet of paper, roll something. Just a big stamp. That's all it is. A big stamp. So then printing of books became cheaper. So before you know what's happening, the Bible was written, of course, from Latin. Well, now uh, people like, um, give me their names, those guys who, who translated the Bible those days. Hmm? Yeah, Tyndale and another guy. There's uh, two of them again. There's one that didn't finish his own. We published about it some time ago. The name just escaped me now. Anyway, but he now wrote the Bible down into common language, all right? Tyndale put it down in English, and then now, of course, later we have the King James Version. Now, the most important thing about those things was not just the fact that it was in English, but that it could be mass-produced. So it became normal for every household to have a Bible. That was a plan of God. It was not a side effect of technological advancement. It was the plan of God. God said the time will come when multiplying knowledge has to happen. People have, will need to have the scriptures in their hands. Then you had one version. At least when I started ministry, all my Bibles... Of course, not. I mean, like when I started preaching, you only have four versions of the Bible. You need to have four Bibles. At the point in time, the Bibles they did one big version that had four in one, and it's what, that was a favorite gift of churches to pastors. On pastors' birthday, they give it to you, and then you you have the last one I remember was um, you had New King James, um, New American Standard, New Living Translation. I'm no, they just had different combinations, four of them. And so people carried it with pride. Praise God. You know, like I feel very happy. And God said, yeah, this will not continue for long. Next thing, the internet started. If I remember the first time I used Bible live on the internet, all this, I was writing, that was when I wrote the book, um, Great Faith Can Be Yours. I was in the United States, so, of course, Wi-Fi was available. Internet was just there. You know, it was easy. So the computer I was using, I just, it was online all the time. So checking my references was just easy. I was just, the place I used was Bible.cc. That was my first time. You know, the internet was just there. Just, I was typing, typing, typing. I wanted the reference. I just went online. I became, of course, before you know what's happening, hmm, Android phones became, it came everywhere. Then Bible started going to your mobile devices. I still remember those days, those early phones, those were my Nokia's E-series. Some people used to make money by helping you put Bible inside. Did you ever use them? And one major reason you didn't want to change your phone, you didn't want to lose the Bible you paid for. All of it on your two, three-inch screen. To river, you go scroll tire. God said, I'm coming. I'm coming. Then the moment Android and all of that, uh, iPhone, the iOS, we came everywhere. Of course, Bible just went to our devices. So that now, <laughs> even in Saudi Arabia, people have Bibles. That's where I was going. God said, this Bible will go everywhere. Now, it is impossible to stop people from owning it. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's just... The technology does not exist for you now to stop it. That, why? Because the technology is such that there are too many other ways to get it. If you block this website, another one, the people will use VPS and virtual private servers to get the thing in. They will encrypt it and send it to each other by email. How many will you block? So just relax, let people watch and read their Bible. So that now, nothing less than, I think, I don't know the current count, the, by, by, what do you call that Bible? U version, yeah, the Bible app. Has been downloaded. I forgot. Maybe like six hundred million times now. No, but the test is more, should be more than that. And as of now, almost all the Bibles they have can be downloaded. 
Before some, you have to read online. And they have every version they can lay their hands on. They'll give you good news translation, the American version, the English. That's the difference between one and the other, just how they spell um, labor. L-A-B-O-U-R, L-A-B-U-R. Just little, little things like that. They give every version available. You talk about books. To listen to messages now, one classic, just go online. Come, just know the keywords to use. you find any book. Some of the reasons why people say that, uh, <laughs> look, I'm, I thank God for the spirit he gave me. I, we just toss our books there. Please download and read. Trying to forcibly make people buy it is not even necessary anymore. Because once you sell it to one person, it gives the So why do you want to give, give Christians guilty conscience? I got a book once. One sister gave it to me. The first page said, please, if you, if you did not buy this book, she just gave it to me, PDF. She said, Pastor, have you read this book? I said, no. Ah, put on your device. She just sent it to me. You know, just transferred it. I said, okay, thank you. First page. If you did not buy this book, please stop reading. Go and buy your own. And if I tell you the author of the book, you're going to be shocked. It's a big minister, you know. The page was emphatic, playing on the fact that you're a Christian. So if you got this book free, please stop reading it. Go and buy your own copy. I know who liked the book before, so I just dropped it. <laughs> yeah. So I told one brother, when one brother said, that, oh, God, that's not what you taught us now. I said, what do you mean? He said, you told us that they have no right to say that. That if they are angry, they should go and report to God. And I say it again. If you're right, Christians, listen. If anybody writes that before you read his book as a believer, that you should go and pay first. Say, I refuse. Unless you tell me it's not a Christian book. What's my logic? is simple. Who do you want to report me to? The human court or the court of heaven? Choose one. If you want to take me to the human court, you're an unbeliever. We should even read your book anyway. If you want to take me to the court of heaven, what will you tell God? I wrote a book full of the Spirit of God by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I said, my brethren cannot read it until they pay. And this one now read it without paying. Heavenly Father, judge him. God said, there's no problem. How much was he supposed to pay? He said, $10. You that did not pay, I will take $40 from you and give him his $10. Assuming you stole. But for reading my word, I give you $1,000. For, for, for preaching it to other people, $10,000. For, for multiplying it to other people and removing guilt, from, for removing that first page so that the other people read it without guilt, I give you $50,000. <laughs> all this one coming to my judgment through it, so collect your $10. No, Shemi, I've given you $10. And I'll punish him by removing $5 from his hand. Abi? But because he loved my word so much and is obeying that word, I'm going to give him half a million dollars. They will now push him on you, give you $50,000, buy rights to your book. Look, there's one guy, he translated the Bible. I use his Bible where there's a particular book I'm working on, the book of Ecclesiastes, because I have to quote the whole book. So that's why I'm using his own translation. Because, you see, when you want to quote a portion of the of a Bible, Bible is copyright. most Bibles are copyrighted. So the ones that are not, that are in the public domain, they are very old, like the King James, all right? Uh, maybe Revised Standard Version, there's some I don't really use. So a bit of a modern translation, that's this, this guy's own. Now, but when you want to quote a, a scripture, if you are writing, there are rules. And one of the rules is that you cannot quote a whole book. Do you get my point? Yes. So it, it, it's, it tantamounts to re, reprinting their, their work. So you can take like we do all the time. If you re, take any of the books you see here, I mean, like once Pastor Murphy, I, I get the rights. I said, no, I don't need the rights. The rules are there. 
Once they are quoting within this limit, they tell you what to do. So we just, we just um, um, use by permission. Yeah, the permission has been granted to everybody once you don't break certain limits. But because I need a whole book, I need to quote the whole book because I'm examining everything from beginning to the end, the book of Ecclesiastes. So I need to go to get the translation. And now, this is where I'm going. The guy did his own translation just to jump that hurdle. That why do you put so many restrictions on this? So he put his own out there. It's called the World English Bible. If you shorten it, what is that? Web. So he said he put it out there on the web. You have no restriction. Use it the way you like. You can make your own Bible out of it. You can read it into um, recorded media. You can do anything. And please, when you are reading, if you find any errors, please write to him so that he can correct it and update it. Okay. And if you want to support the work, it gives you an opportunity to send him a gift, financial gift. All right. I'm just trying to say that all these things became, will be necessary. God knew they would be necessary. So he began to develop technology for them. So many of the things he has seen, don't think that um, Christians are now taking advantage of technology. No. The Bible says all things are yours. That technology was developed for the sake of the propagation of the gospel of Christ Jesus. So what am I talking about? When this was necessary, Jesus said there's not, not a problem. Find me people who are in that field. So he gave them the technology about computers. He gave them technology about internet. It's not human reasoning that brought it to pass. It's the season of God. God said this is the season. And he gave it in the right season. Please, that's a smaller side. So when I say that heaven comes once in a while to drop things for us, it's not a joke. It's a, it's a reality. And many times he uses people who are not believers. And that's the word use. It's called use. It's called use. These things are gifts of God. Different people will deliver his gifts onto the earth. Technology is always a gift of God. All right? Bear that in mind. So, I was saying that, so, the regular walk, all right, that God wanted for Adam went down. It's called death. That's the principle. It's called death. But where I'm going to is what we are, you can choose the realm. Now, that original realm is available to us now as believers in Christ Jesus. That's where I'm going. It's available to us as believers in Christ Jesus. It's available. But each person must activate. You must make up your mind, this is how I want to walk. Let me just do a bit of teaching, all right, for a moment. You, You make up your mind, this is how I want to walk. And there are principles behind that. Now, can I quickly say something? One major problem with Christianity is, when I say problem, now people don't walk in these things, is a cost. It has a cost. It has a cost. Anything you want from God has a cost. Now, when I say cost, you're not paying the real price. I hope you're getting my point. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. What is the real cost or price of salvation? It's too expensive. Nobody can pay it. All right? So Jesus paid it. So the blood of the pure blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, is what was used to pay. Now, but for you, who want to receive that, it's not, it is free as in that you cannot pay that price. So this is how it is. I can, okay, I'll give an example. I, want, I, I was given an award, some, not really, what do you call it? Let's use the word scholarship. It's an award, scholarship award, all right? Some years ago, to go and do a course in the U.S. All right? They gave me a total of $3,500 to go for the program. And I was given the money. They gave me the money, Okay? 
But then, do you know to collect that money? No, at the end of the day, you have to become a member of the organization. And you pay, I think, $10 or $50. I just want give you an example. So you have to be a member. A membership fee was like $10 or so. I can't remember it was $50. But then, they are worth to travel for a, for a program for a month. They could give up to $10,000 if you are staying three months. But mine was 30 days. Or $3,500. Now, this is what I want to say. That $20 or $10 I'm paying, or I paid for that year, was that, was that the full price? I mean, it's a real money thing now. But if I didn't pay my $10, am I qualified for the $3,500? See, do you get my point? So if I say it's costing you, yes, membership is costing me. <laughs> but it's available now free to members. If you apply and they say, oh, this is good, yeah, they, 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 they'll give you their word. It's available free to members, but membership has a cost. In the same manner, when the Bible says that by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It does not mean there's no cost to you. For example, Jesus said, whoever wants to follow me first do what? Count the cost. For example, what Abraham's life became, he couldn't have planned it. He couldn't have planned it. He couldn't have worked it with his own energy. But Abraham had to leave his father's house. That's the cost. He had to leave his kindred. That's the cost. He had to leave the house he built there. That's the cost. He had to come and follow him. That's the cost. So I have a teaching which I titled The Cost of Salvation. Salvation costs you. For example, you could give your life to Christ. There are things you can't do anymore. And some of those are yielding money. That's the cost. The cost to you is your former, pardon me, useless life. <laughs> but some people don't want to let it go because that former life was kind of good. But Paul said, when I understood reality, I counted it as what? Dung. So when Paul became a Christian, his relationships had to go. Being an influential person in the society that could take letters from the high priests and the Sanhedrin, being a member, that ended. That's the cost. I hope you're getting my point here. Sometimes you're entitled to a chief tasty title. You're a first son in a lineage where they have titles. And the name of your title is Chief Priest of Ogun. Did you hear what I said? Find me one God around this neighborhood. Did they have gods in Enuguzev? They must have. Africans always have. Find me one. Amadioha. That's the only God in Ebola. I mean, they have many. If you go to Western Nigeria, I can give you like 10. We should canonize a lot. What that side? So let's take Amadioha as an example. And, they, and you know, being a priest, it's a big title in the village. So, so you have um, that your lineage. There's this God, this masquerade that was domiciled in your family, your ancestry. And you're the first one. You're supposed to carry it on. So there's a title waiting for you. And they say you are the chief priest of that look. Let's, whatever be your name of your village, you are the chief priest. Your great-grandfather was the chief priest. Your grandfather became chief priest. Make a long story short. Because not all of those people who go sit in the village... He may be a big businessman. He's not, he's not there, but then he has taken the title. 
So when he comes to the village, a certain New Year festival, he has a special seat. There are rites he must perform. He is the first slice of yam as an offering to the particular god. He is half of the second one as offering to another god and gives a half to the igwe or to the oba. You know, you know stuff like that. You know those ceremonies. So he's a chief. He comes in his Bentley. I'm not saying he doesn't have money. But he's, um, they give him a title and then he has to do all of those things. And he goes to church. That's another thing I forgot to tell you. Because Christianity is not normal in your village. It's a Catholic. It's an Anglican. And sometimes, it's even a, even a knight. Yeah, because, you know, this has, I mean, you know, we don't think seriously about these things. Except that now you're a man. You're 30. You're 40. Then they are now warming you up that you see these things normally pass on before the old man dies. Oh, the man has even died now. <laughs> you, you now give your life to Christ. Do you know many Christians who still go and take the tithe to say they want to reach the villagers? Let me just tell you, it's a cost of salvation. You can't take that title. You can't take a title that says you are the chief priest in a village to a false god. You can't take it. Sometimes it comes with the influence. For that reason, you lose that influence. Oh, I forgot to tell you, your kinsmen won't like it. You're about to deny them the power. But you say you give your life to Christ. It's funny, because these days, many, when I was very small, when I was going to secondary school those days, to give, when somebody becomes born again or reborn, like they used to say, all right? It was a, it was a, it was a societal calamity. I don't know whether I get my point. The news went abroad. Have you heard? He said he's now born again. Do you know why? Because those days when they gave their lives to Christ, my father, things changed. Instantly, clothing changed. Next I see you are doing birthday party, they don't come. I admit some things were a bit extreme. Okay? But all I want to bring is that people knew. So, <laughs> these days, uh, if a woman gives her life to Christ, her husband is happy. Because, because there is, when Jesus is in the family, happy, happy, oh. Even unbelievers know. My, life has, my wife has given her life to Christ. Ah, we thank God. The guy now knows that there's more peace in the house. He's not planning to change. But at least you that has changed now. You can now, <laughs> you can be doing the praying for us. But you know, I heard one story here. This is just an aside. It's a pastor that told the story. He went somewhere and some men were talking. Men are bad, though. Some men are very useless. Honestly, we're not for the intercession of people. God just wake up in the morning, throwing people into hellfire. You know, just, you, go, go, you, your turn. These men were talking. There were a number of them. They were meeting, there was a place where they were waiting for something. So those guys, just, they just assumed it was like them. Say so one was actually, now listen, though. This man went out. I went and carried, you know, girls on the road. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Harlots. Let's use the biblical word. So a harlot now came to the house of one of them. The one of them was telling the story. He was just talking with people. But so he and his friend did something. It was not just in them. Now, where I want to go with the story is this. So when the harlot came and was now causing trouble, so he came out to deny I don't know you everything. Let me make a long story short. There was a lot of commotion in his house. He was not testifying that, ah, thank God for his wife. That his wife was upstairs praying. 
Yeah, that's the gist. That's the gist. That's the gist. That's the gist. He was thanking God for the kind of wife he has. That the woman was there praying. Was telling the men, da. They, they were just there talking. The person in the story is the pastor. So he was looking at them like that. But what I'm saying in the story, the guy testified that, ah, his wife was there. Did you hear that? Pray. So these days, eh, men want their wives to give their lives to Christ. Why they continue? Yes, because they even know what they are doing is bad. So they want the woman to do the church thing for the children's sake. You will take children to church. Again, you know, many, you know, I give you some small this area. There was one man I met when I knew the wife. She was a senior, she was a matron in the hospital where I used to work at. She, after I left school. One day I went to my pastor's house. I saw her there. I used to come back there later. So I recognized her. I greeted her. She was there with the husband. So after they left, the pastor was like telling me stories. Let's make a long story short. That man is a Muslim. But he comes to the pastor's house regularly. Yes. His wife goes to that church. So the wife must go to church. He's, he can send the pastor gifts. And anytime, maybe like, they have all night prayer by 8 o'clock. It starts maybe by 9. And maybe his daughters, he has some daughters. And they attend the church too. So if they are still sleeping, maybe they want to catch a nap so that they, they will be able to do it all night. He's watching the time. Once it's 8 o'clock, he has knocked on their door. The prayer meeting started by 9. Are you still sleeping? <laughs> He will har- on Sunday, he's one, he helps everybody get ready. He must go to church. He doesn't go. He doesn't go. But he will harass everybody. Everybody must go to church. You want to know the reason why? He used to persecute them before for going to church. They had a stroke. So he was in hospital. He was unconscious. Then he, was, he woke up. He was paralyzed properly. So the church people used to come there to pray. So I tell if he prayed for one week, he recovered 100%. <laughs> no, when I say 100, I mean 100%. I don't know how long it was, but he recovered 100%. Then ah. the guy looks at power, past power. After that, in that house, if you don't go to church, you're looking for trouble. That is, you must go to church. <laughs> it's somebody I met. I'm not telling you fairy tale. Now, that's just, uh, just more just on the side. But the point I'm making is that, so, these days, people want their people to go to church. Now, one of the reasons is because, I'm sorry, it's not because of this man. This man's story is a different one. But many people these days, the reason why they don't mind when somebody gave their life to Christ, they don't, it's not a big deal. You know why? Very few people are taught about the change in their life. So, these days you get to church, the people actually behave normally. They do business normally. They do entertainment normally. They dress the way everybody else dresses. They do everything, you know, they just do everything normally. So that dramatic change is not common anymore. For that, if you give your life to Christ, you're like, well, you've changed a bit. It's just like losing weight. To them, just like, okay, you're on a diet. So when you come to our house now, before... You used to eat on the yam. Now you only eat um, salad and um, shredded chicken. Yeah. So now when you come, we won't put alcohol. But they expect life to move on normally. And I can say this. It's part of the reasons. Now, please. I admit that some of the things people did those days were a bit extreme. 
Yeah, because they were not necessary. They're not part of Christianity. Okay? But these days, we've gone to another extreme in which people don't repent. They just believe. And they are saved. And they don't repent. And that faith, I hope you know, is fake. It's fake. Believing that doesn't go with repentance is fake. So that's part of the problem of Christianity. People don't pay the price. It has a price. It has a cost. It will deny you some things. I told you about one of our brothers. Tell you the kind of cost. When he heard me teach, he was seven. National Youth Service. Meaning he had finished university. After the service, he went back to secondary school. Why? He said, everything I did up to now is based on lies, unrighteousness. He didn't go back to secondary school like go to, he went to write Wyeck again. He did his secondary school living examination. He passed. This time around, of course, he's older now, so he knew what life was about. He was serious. He passed. Then he went back to a university to go and apply to study another course. That's when he told me that, listen, that this one is the one that he's doing, that the other one is not his own. That's the cost of salvation. That's the problem. A lot of times we we're not willing to pay because it has a cost. When Saul, Paul, of course, same person, when he believed, <laughs> everything, if you see how he said in the book of Philippians, let's just read it so that we just get that point. One brother, I've, I've told the story here a number of times, very hilarious and very sorry story anyway at the same time. He went to preach in McCordy. He came to see us that day. He, lo- he walked out of school as part of it. He left school. I said, what do you do? He said, he farms. Why are you farming? He didn't go to school. He said he was in school, but he left. He was in a polytechnic. You know that is OND or HND. He was about to finish one level. So he just woke up, woke up one day and left because of his faith. After he gave his life to Christ, he looked at his life and said, I can't continue here. He got up and he left. What do you do now? He said, he's not a farmer. So, I, of course, you know, because of my own um, background in education, I just felt that, no. The boy go back to school. So he said, I said, what's the problem? He said that the first thing is that the white results he used. That really, is his own, his name that is there, but like, either he didn't write anything or they just wrote it from the board for him, he copied and he submitted. So his, his conscience said, that's a fake result. He said, okay. Well, so he said, okay, and he said he couldn't use that. So I told him, okay, there's no problem. What I would advise you to do is go back, go and register for that white again, study. But this was, this was after this testimony of the first guy I told you. I've heard that other guy's own before. I said, study, then go and do the result, the, the exam, pass, and just file it for your own conscience sake. He said, well, there's another problem. What is the other problem? He's supposed to do a project, and his supervisor says, just pay money. I doesn't have to write the project. He'll find an old project, rebind it for him, put his name on it, and submit. And that's he has done the project. So he was having a problem with that. So he couldn't do that. So I said, okay, just ignore him. Settle down. Write your project properly. And have his supervisor and submit. He may not pass you very well, but at least you know you've done it. He says, I don't understand that. That's not the whole problem. <laughs> ah. I like the way you sat up. Because like, wait till now. He said, I've never paid school fees. I said, what did you say? All these years, sir, I've never paid. How have you been managing? Each semester, you say, I don't pay. He said, you, say you give this boss some money. He gives you a receipt. Use the receipt for registration. So I said, well, continue farming. Because 
That was beyond me because <laughs> I didn't know where to start the redemption from. I, I didn't know. Let me just tell you of us who are praying for this country. This is the thing you're having to face. So. That's what I'm saying, but 2023 is not your problem. That means saying it. What we need in Nigeria is a revival. We need a revival. Please, we don't need a change of government. We need a revival. A change of government will come. I know it's constitutional. It's going to come. I know. But what we need, please, church, stop focusing on this nonsense. They are trying to carry us into the rubbish. And by that, sending us into further bondage. What we need to pray for is revival. We need an outbreak of the gospel over this nation. Yes, because, you see, no matter how much you claim to believe, until it affects your character, until it affects what we do on a daily basis, until we pro- produce a critical mass of the salt of the earth and the light of the world, things will not change. A change of government is not going to help anybody. I keep on saying that. Moses was a good leader, yet the people of Israel could not enter the promised land until God killed off the old generation. The old generation must die one way or the other. So the easiest way to die in peace is revival. Otherwise, physically, they will die. See, I'm not joking about that, though. If you think you have seen trouble in this nation, you have not seen trouble, though. As bad as things are, it can get worse. Insecurity is terrible right now. It can get worse. We read the other day from Revelation, I think around chapter 8. After how many angels have sounded, the eagle went out and was flying and was saying, woe, woe to the inhabitants of this earth because of the other three angels that had not yet sounded. Meanwhile, the calamity was taking one third of the people, destroying water, mountains and stuff. And the thing was just saying, woe, because of the angels that have not yet sounded. So if you think you have seen trouble, it can get worse. There are about four main kinds of troubles people can, in fact, like five. I just, I remember that one added to the other day. Of course, sword, which was seen for all these days is bullets and grenades and stuff like that. Sword is one, all right? Pestilence is another outbreak of diseases. This is, I just mentioned the monkeypox, monkeypox, COVID came. Then the monkey, we have Lassa fever that jumps up once in a while. Don't think those things are dead. They can show up again if God gives the instruction, if he gives a command. So you have natural disaster, war, damage natural disaster. Okay, okay, I, I first mentioned war, then presidents, then natural disasters. Don't, no, thank God Nigeria is not on a fault, it's not an earthquake zone. Just wait now. May an angel now come and create the fault line. They can do it. And that's the only earthquake that you may have. There are other forms of natural disasters. Don't think that we are immune to, to drought. You don't want God to blow against our rain. That's another one. Then, how many have I mentioned? Three. Then famine which we're experiencing a bit of right now. Globally, there's famine. And it's another one the Bible puts, wild beasts. The easiest wild beast to spread around here is snakes. Scorpions. Wasps would start stinging people and they would develop an anaphylactic shock and die. It's wild beasts. God using the Bible. Things can get worse. It's the kind of things that will happen and no government can do anything about. What will government do against natural disaster? They'll just be trying to contain and help the victims. What would they do? If you have a plague, what would they do? Eventually, they will walk and walk and walk and walk. With all the things in America, COVID took a million people. Ha. What I'm trying to say is that, listen, don't think that government is what we need, though. What do we need? Revival. 
Because of iniquity. Revival. Because of iniquity. That is what we need. There has to be revival. There has to be. And this revival is not, listen, it's not just I now go to church. My life is not changing. People will close business. Say, why? Say, oh boy, this business is not the will of God. But it was making money. But we said, all we're doing was stealing. Ah, how? <laughs> we steal from federal government. One brother wrote us a mail once. His own was very, very funny. He said, before this serious clam down, which um, the CBN governor has done on Forex now, said there was a way you could use your card. There's a way that, uh, let me not go into deep, because I don't know if they didn't give it to you, but there's a way they used to do it. There's a way you get dollar out of the bank, and then they just do small level round tripping. There's big level round tripping, where each, move, each movement nets you guys hundreds of millions of naira. You understand? There's big level round tripping. All right? But it's a small level round tripping. I, I, I didn't get this is how they did it. But they use their card. Just go to a regular ATM, go to a regular bank, get some things done. In the process, you make some money. So his friends introduced him to it. First time he said he did it, he knew it was wrong. He was, he was a disciple of kingdom word. <laughs> but you know, mammon, 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 mammon. He said he knew it was wrong. That's how he wrote us a mail. That first time he did it, he made like, um, like I forgot, it's been a while now. But let's assume that he made like um, 6,000 naira. He now went to the bank, to the ATM to draw his money. And the ATM, they dispensed to him exactly half of the money he wanted to draw. If it was 6,000, the ATM gave him 3,000 naira. As a Christian, your life is not an average life. You are being monitored. I'm telling you, you have monitoring spirits. I don't take anything that happens to me as an accident. If nail shook my tire, I would look the angel with one corner eye. That's how I do. I don't think they devil, devil, which kind of nonsense devil. I, I'm being monitored. I'm careful about that. I'm being monitored. Look, there was a time, just to give a sharp testimony, I, I got to my knees. I had a small crisis, all right, and prayed to God to help me out. I had a God, okay, I planned to give my wife a holiday. I was coming from the U.S. I said, okay, meet me in Dubai. So years ago, I booked, there's a brand new hotel meridian. In Dubai, I booked for the first night. They had paid them, you know, did everything. And I thought, meet me in Dubai. And I got a call from home. My dad was critically ill. How do I go holiday? Now, he died from that illness. How do I go holiday? <laughs> my wife is critically ill. How do I tell my wife I have to cancel a holiday we planned for months, which I already put down payment in a brand new Meridian Dubai? Ha! I was in the U.S. that time. I got on my knees in my room. I was in Houston that time. And I prayed, God, how do I handle this? She had gotten ready. She had gone to, she had gone to, she had reached Lagos. Ah, this isn't a joke. I, I begged God. I remember I would agonize in prayer. Lord, please, I don't know how to handle this. Of course, I left. I was supposed to go fly back. I'll go to my friend's house in New York from there. I was flying out from JFK. The day I was supposed to, of course, the day before the flight, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had not even told my wife anything. I didn't know how I was going to handle this. I just got an email from the guy processing. said, your visa has been denied. You can't enter Dubai. Did you hear that? Nobody knew anything. He just said to me that he has a problem. It's unusual. 
that they just got it that now it's unusual. You know Dubai. He processed visa for a husband and a wife who are coming to stay just one week. He said the visa had been denied. I said what? Of course, I was going through a lot that time, so I couldn't really rejoice like rejoice. But I said, God, God just walked over to the visa office in Dubai. I said, these two people, they are not coming here. This guy has to go home, but he can't tell his wife. So send him home. I told the guy, don't bother. He said, no, I, the guy, I, I, I couldn't understand. He said, you don't know when God is walking. <laughs> he did everything. I said, don't bother. Oh, let me just end the story. There's a bit of a story that let me not go further now. But just to let you know, that's how I let Look, my life is monitored. That brother said he went. Let me back, get back to the story. The brother said he went. At 80 and just dispensed for him half of the money. He looked. No matter what you do, when ATM doesn't give your money complete, they will know. I don't know how the bankers used to find out that thing, but they will know. And then they will, help, they will balance, they will refund your money and all of that. He said, no, he didn't. He had sense. He just walked away. <laughs> he just walked away. But temptation, you know when God, no, he the Lord loves, he chastises. If anybody tells that God does not cause problems for a child, he doesn't know this God yet. God will remove your self-confidence. You think that you have hope in you will come out it. When you, you are feeling strong, he will weaken you. So that you will have to trust him entirely. This man didn't learn his lesson. He said he went back to the place. He went and did that deal again. Knowing that it was against the will of God. That you are running the economy. You are undermining the integrity of your own prayers. But the temptation was strong. He, had this man. he did it again. This time around he made, I think, told us 9,000 naira. Small, like a small level. This time around he went to the ATM. ATM gave his money complete. The ATM had repented. As he was going, his phone fell. Broke. It took him, it cost him 11 or 12,000 naira to change the screen. <laughs> I said, you are being monitored. Don't, this, if, if you really, you see, if God has not been minding your matter, you are not a Christian. He doesn't know you. If you are a true believer, he's minding your matter. He's watching you like this. I said, they follow you like they you. That's one thing. He report, everything you are doing, they are reporting. Say that one. After that, he said, if I do this again, it's not my phone that will break. He knew something terrible will happen to you because God said, I've warned you. First, I took small money. Now, I took more money than you made. Next one, you don't want to know what I will do to you because when, the, when God has a stubborn child like that, the guy said, now nah, I've repented. Though. I said, good for you. Salvation has a cost. That's what I'm going to make. You know, things like that. You, let me know what it costs salvation. You'll be hungry, you'll see food. God said you can't eat it. That's what they call salvation. Say, this is food now. Say, it's food of unrighteousness. But I'm hungry. Say, they'll die in peace. That's what they call the cost. Is that cost? Eh? Who don't like to pay? Want to live life normally, do everything normally, and still be born again. Which is the reason why we believe lies. Someone now wants to give us, you know, heal the heart of the daughters of my people's life, the same peace, because there's no peace. They now come and give you a doctrine. They say, peace, peace. Don't worry. God doesn't judge his children, never. Please, that doctrine is not true. In fact, what he said, judge yourself so that you'll not be judged. He said, if you, if you don't judge yourself, then you'll be judged by God for your own good. Why? So that you'll not be condemned with the world. Which means that if God does not succeed in correcting you after judging you, you will be condemned with the world. If there was no possibility, why would God go to the, the, harass, the, 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 the effort? If my children are going to play, play on, on, on a football field, I say, please, wear your, wear your, what do you call that thing that they used to float in the water? <laughs> please, wear, wear your life jacket too. Does it make sense? They are going to play football. 
football, soccer, on a field. And I say, make sure you wear a life jacket. Won't you ask me, Pastor, are you all right? The children will look like, Daddy, what do you call life jacket? They will not wear, even if they had, they won't wear it. They will just say, okay, you, he must mean knee, uh, elbow pads and knee pads. I say, I say your life jacket. They say, it must mean his, our boots. When they wear their, I say life jacket, they say, it must mean our helmet. They will not wear the life jacket. Why? Because they understand that life jacket is when you are going into water. You say, Dad, you are not going to swim now. I say, I know. They are going to get confused. No matter how clear the instruction is, they will be confused. What am I going to say? God will not give certain instructions if the possibility of drowning was not there. He wouldn't say, judge yourself so you will not be judged. And when you are judged, you are judged so that you will not be condemned with the world. Uh -uh. If the risk of being condemned with the world was not present, why would he go through that? See, those who want to believe this once they always save things, all right? They just want to believe it. Because I can go on and on and be giving you scriptures all from the New Testament. From the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, from Paul, from Peter, down to Revelation. I was, it's all over the place. Please never forget that too. You know the problem with Christianity? I will tell you. The major problem with Christianity is that people know they do them. Did you hear what I said? Oh, those of you who don't speak Nigerian English, you are making this in hard. <laughs> The main problem with Christianity is that people don't, there's no English, eh? they, don't, they don't practice and live and operate it to the fullest. They just be like that. They want to do and finish. They want to do and reach. No, I found that pidgin English is better than normal English when it comes to <laughs> telling you. <laughs> the truth is that we don't give to Christianity what it takes. Paul told us it takes something. The gospel that says that it doesn't take anything is not true. It's inaccurate. It's preached by those who don't read scriptures. They just quote other people. And it is this narrow way they read the Bible. Because we did that those days. The only scriptures we knew were the ones that the people taught us quoted. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So then I could recite almost all the scriptures Kenegan ever used to teach us. So I knew all the scriptures on righteousness. So a lot of people, they don't read the Bible themselves. So they have a narrow view. So when you toss a few scriptures you know, to oppose the thing they are saying, they are shocked. They don't even know it's there. Then pride now comes in. Listen, that doctrine is not true. Salvation has a cost, as I'm going to explain. And it's so clear. You go and read what Paul said. He says, seeing that we have promises. So now let us do what? Let's cleanse ourselves. So those promises will not be activated in our lives. Except we cleanse ourselves of all defilement of flesh and spirit and perfect holiness. If we don't do that, the promises will not be active. And the cost of Christianity is not a joke. Jesus will take your PhD certificate eh, and tear it. Say, Lord, what's that? Say, PhD. Sir, what did you just do? I tore your PhD certificate. Sometimes you will tear physically. Like I just did that magazine. Some of you are like, ah, okay, you waste that. Jesus does worse things. Uh -huh. Sometimes he does that. See, let me beg you. There are two things. Hmm? Don't let God block your road. Though. Number two, when he blocks your road, respect him more. When I don't let him block your road, eh? 
Just try and follow him. Let him not get angry and decide that there's a man I know. Eh? Anytime he tells me he's going abroad, I laugh. You know why I laugh? I feel like he's a boy. Can't you see that for over 30 years you've been trying to do this thing, it's not working? I feel like, why don't you just leave this matter? If in that kind of situation, stop trying. What does it? Stop trying. Stop trying. Stop try. Leave it. Leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just, just leave it. I said, just leave it. So just leave it. One of our brothers, you know, wrote us some time ago, we published his testimony in one of our magazines, which I tore a copy now. You know. I didn't. That's how Jesus does your certificate. And if you are taking your PhD from you, <laughs> and you are those who does it to her, he was warning that, you know, when Jesus wants to do you in there, he will give you four years to live, but then he will spot it at the end. Following the Lord, I've said before, when you want to follow Jesus Christ, first go and die. Say, Jesus, please, I want to give my life to you, but I can't give you a living life. Let me go and hang myself. Then when I've hung myself, figuratively speaking now, and I'll bring my corpse, I can hang Jesus now. Can I walk with you now? Yeah. He said, a dead man. He said, ah, Lord, I'm dead. I'm very dead. I'm dead means I have no plans, no ambitions, no future, nothing. I just have only one thing, Christ. That's all. Then you now start bringing out of you the plan he has for your life. That's what he does. That is easiest way. You know, the major problem God has with us is this mule and donkey thing. If he doesn't put bits in our mouths, we don't obey him. That's the major problem he has. People don't like to obey him. He struggles with us every day for us to obey. But in his goodness, he doesn't let us go. That's one thing I just like about him. He said, I will frustrate you for 40 years. Leave it. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not going to die. Now you go die eventually. Me, I'm just going to be here. And that's the good side, though. One good side about him is that he will not give up. Once you are alive, he has not given up. Because the day he gives up, he kills you within a year. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of long. In a short while, once he makes up his mind, this guy is not, he won't learn. You're gone. Once you're alive, he hasn't given up. He will, can block your way for 50 years. He doesn't have any problem with that. Then it's the truth. He does that. Christianity, we need to, see, to follow the Lord, just go and die. You know, like, die. They used to preach, they don't preach more these days. Die to self. You have to die. What is self? Self is your own ambition. Oh, self is your own goal. Self is your own, what do you call it? Ego. Thank you. Self is your own social, social status. Self is, see, when you, okay, I think we should open somewhere, right? Okay, yes. Let's read from Philippians chapter 3. So finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Now he said, even though, there's four now, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, that is, I could have. So if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I have far more reasons. What are the reasons I have? I was a Jew, a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, 
Say, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, which is in the law, I was found blameless. Now, this is where I was going, verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things. That is not only the ones that I gain. Everything to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss. Paul suffered though. He suffered the loss of all things in, you know, and I count them now, but rubbish. Now, when he was suffering the loss, he wasn't counting them, but, but, but rubbish. There's something my pastor does. He said, he said, there are different ways to learn. He said, Paul did not say, I suffer a lot because he gave them up. He said, these were the things that were stripped away from him. And he was explaining that the more you are attached to things in life, the more painful it will be when God strips them away from you. So in life, learn to hold things very loosely. Hold everything very loosely. Everything. Could it be a car, a house, a certificate, a degree, money in the bank? Hold it loosely. If you lose money, the bank relies on your money. It is forbidden that you should cry. Just, just laugh about it. What happened? How much was it? Oh, God. <laughs> I guess more money. Five million and I go like that too. Just, that's five million and gone. Just laugh. You get to work, they say they are downsizing. And you are one of the small size people. <laughs> They will downsize you. Laugh. You contest for an election. You lose. Laugh. You know why? If you don't laugh, the thing will send you into depression. Because your vexation will not make God not strip it away. So if he's stripping, better just laugh. Just thank God. The only thing in life you don't want to lose is Christ. Start walking again. Let me remind us. Towards the day, you will start before the judgment seat of Christ. And you'll give an account. You should be walking towards hearing thou good and faithful servant. You want to be able to say, I have finished my course. I have run my race. I kept the faith. You want to be able to say that. That's what you want. There's no problem with going there hungry. There's no problem with going there without clothes. It's not a big deal. But at least make sure that when you get there, you can say that that course, I finished running it. I ran the race according to the rules. Because if you get to the end and you don't follow the rules, you are disqualified. You know that's how it is. Paul said that to Timothy. You have to run it according to the rules. If you are doing track, don't step on the, you know, come on where the game is going on now. You know, if they, if you shoot, if they shoot the gun and you are ahead of the gun, they tell you go and start again. Once you do it, is that many times? Uh, okay, okay. No, no, they allow you one at least. I think when you do a second, time, that's when they kick you out. Mm. They will let you one. Allow you one. That's even the good one. Today, when you run, you step on that white line. If you like, win the race. What's the, your name can be Toby Amish, and that's your problem. If you, <laughs> is that not her name? Toby Amish. If you like, be Toby Amish. Look, once you step on that red line, uh, on that divider, you are disqualified. One of those top um, uh, female runners of those days, they collected her gold medal after one of these big games. At that Olympics or one of these uh, world athletic distance, IAAF. 
They collected it from her. Don't joke with those people. They even have a new rule now. You can't come late. There was one, was it Nigeria, one guy the other day? No, not recently. This was that, it was last year. Uh, this current one, but there was one that happened last time. When the person arrived, I don't think Nigeria, but one guy, I think it was Olympics. Anyway, one of those guys. When he arrived late, story, 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 the coach had pressured them. They allowed him to go for the competition. I think wrestling or something, one of those things. I don't know, he got a gold medal. He went home. They now sat and said, hey, so that guy that came late, how far? They said, well, we have to let him compete under pressure because of this and that and that and that. And he got the gold. But he broke the rule. They collected it back. And the guy who came second, they dashed him the gold medal. This is where recorded for our land. <laughs> if you know, no, because Paul won't. He told Timothy, you must run this race according to the rules. Otherwise, you will not win the medal. Now, these are the things that should be in front of us as believers. So anytime you're making the decision, see, let me give an example. Those of you who like to give offering to praise God. See, I said it before. If you want to give offering, eh? Just give it. Give it and run away. Do you hear what I said? Don't give it and hold the check stop. Say, God, I want to pray right now. When you want to pray, just look for the, I have a, a good I get paper here. Just say, Father God, you, you leave it there. I want to thank you. I want to pray for my children. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray for my business. You are looking at this. Baba God, show you this year. That's 1.5 million now. Father, we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. You will supply all our needs according to his riches. You got your portion in Christ Jesus. You can declare. What does it look like? I will soon enjoy somebody. Listen, any pastor who preaches to you the opposite of this is shortchanging you of your inheritance. Please, don't ever forget it. Never, ever. Ever for any reason. Finish giving an offering. Are you the eye in one corner? God, you do get it. God, did you get the alert? That was my seed. Like somebody said in Pastor Corey's presence, a buffalo offering. Said so that was a buffalo offering. God said, okay, I saw the buffalo, so what? You are going to bless me. I said, carry your buffalo, carry your buffalo back. Person bring me elephant, I never bless him. Person bring, bring hippopotamus, I never bless him. You bring buffalo, person don't go hear what they get. You that was there, you are, you are, you are, you are owing the whole, ma- a whole mountain full of cows. You brought one buffalo. Right, let Jesus Christ cover your, your debts. Please, the people of God, never try that thing. If you want to give an offering to the work of the ministry, to anything, just give it and, and run away. When I say run away, I don't mean physically run away because you may be doing a transfer. What I mean, like in your mind, forget it. Forget it. It does not bring you any extra blessing. And don't put your mind on it. When God wants to bless, he knows what he will do. And I like the fact I say this because even though I'm a preacher. Because I'm the one that's supposed to be encouraging people to bring offerings. But you know why I said what I said? If you bring an offering and you bring it wrongly, we will use it to pay radio station. That's not a problem. But you won't get any reward. When you are offering, you offer, offer properly. Like I said last time and I say it again. If you, if you send money to kingdom, or don't even in your heart say, when would they tell me thank you? I am not going to tell you thank you. I don't owe you thank you. Uh-huh. I don't owe you thank you. Please, no thank for you. Read your whole Bible. Show me where they told a human being thank you. Huh? You are looking like I said something. 
This guy, I won't come out. <laughs> he's there. He's like that. People will give to Paul. Paul said, thanks be to God for your generous gift. It's in your Bible. I received your gift. Oh. Ah, I did though. Hmm. But I was very happy for you. Like I said, you don't wake up now. That was what Paul said. He said, now. He said, not because of me. Just for the blessing that will accrue to your account. He said, before you sent the money, and after you sent it, my life did not change. I was the same level. He said, I know how to bear affliction. I know how to bear prosperity. In life and in circumstances, I've learned how to be the same. He said, I can do all of this through Christ who strengthens me. He said, but my God shall supply all your needs. Read through it, not one word of thank you. He blessed them. So I pray for you too, that I give to kingdom of ministry. The Lord will bless you and supply all your needs, but you won't get thank you from me. So that's what you are waiting My own is that, just stop waiting for it. Stop desiring it. Not even in your heart. In fact, I want to give you an instruction. If you send Kingdom World money and you want to notify us, send it with a gratitude note. God bless you people there for being alive and working. May the Lord increase you to continue to do this work. I just humbly sent my portion. I hope you find it useful. Leave it like that. Though. And don't go and kneel and say, God, <laughs> oh, <laughs> after giving, now. There's no seed that is... See, all these dangerous seed things. What am I trying to say? Labor to hear one thing. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I'm trying to say. That's my emphasis to us today. One major reason why, you know, the life of God, the power in Christ has not been manifested to us is because we generally don't agree to pay the price. Christianity is often promoted and explained to us as if it's a way of breakthrough. If you go to church, you live well for Christ, and you pray hard, you get a good husband. Yeah, that's what, you know, it's subtle. It's subtle. If you pray hard, the Lord will now give you a good business. Your life will increase. You will get, you'll be healthy. So many people are serving Christ for the purpose of the things that he gives. Please, stop that nonsense. It's important. You have to stop it. You have to stop it. Many people don't realize, you know, many of, you know, some I hear preachers preach. I have a problem these days. When a lot of people are preaching, I just get, I was on preaching for 10 minutes. I just switched off the channel and said, tell me something. You know, I find very few preachers who just preach Christ and Christ alone. There are very, very few. There are very few. When you see the way I talk sometimes, eh? part of it, I'm reacting to bad habits in the body of Christ. I want to shell shock Christians into thinking. Like the one I say, bad offerings. I, I just want Christians, just stop thinking of yourself. Just stop. Stop! Christ is bigger than you live for him. Just your whole life is about living for Christ. People have died because of the cause of Christ. When you see such people, David said, let them be your heroes. I've heard, look, listen. That's what David said. He said, the godly ones on this earth, they are my true heroes. People have died for Christ. Like I said, my wife born, born girl today. 
one of the, you can have many names, but one name I will add for that girl is Leah. Thank you. Because the news that was told us that this girl was not released was singularly picked back from release because she said, I will not deny my Jesus. Let me say it again. If somebody puts your head, gun to your head, say, deny Christ or I kill you, tell her, kill me first. Tonight, I dine with the king of kings. Tell the person like that. Tonight, I behold my Lord Jesus face to face. Don't let, don't let anybody lie to you that, you know, eh, just, just deny Jesus, then you now repent after. Why do you want to trust a terrorist more than you trust Jesus Christ? What if he shoots you after you denied Christ? I mean, what, what, why do people behave? What give it the impression the terrorists can be trusted? Don't you know most of the people he has killed are fellow Muslims? I know, go and read the story of ISIS. When they were ravaging, you know, Syria and parts of Iraq and all of that, most of their victims were professing Muslims. Let's bear this in mind. The main problem with Christianity, I'm telling you, is that we have not lived it to live it completely. You know, like, just follow it. It has a cost. And when I say cost, I don't mean waking up at night to pray alone. That may be part of it. But sometimes it's real cost. You want to marry? Last moment, Jesus will just show you, you are not marrying that guy. Forget it. Sir, what did you say? I have said what I want to say. If you ever get God to change his mind, you have been deceived. Let us assume that initially you, didn't, you were not clear. I hope you are getting my point. See, once... <laughs> Let me tell you how God judges things. It's not whether he's... You know, I told you, all this I hear God, I didn't hear God. Be careful. The fact that you insisted on hearing can be the sin. I don't know whether I get my point. Yes, Let me give an example now. God tells Balaam, you cannot follow Balak. The sin was not in following Balak eventually. The sin was when he came back. That he came back on that matter was iniquity. Everything he heard after that was a lie. The sin was that this fellow came back to come and pray on the same matter, telling God, eh, the money has come, well, they, they have increased the offering, no? so should we take or should we not take? Too much negotiation. He reduced, because you see, most of that, the moment the Lord spoke the first time, he has told you his will. Any negotiation after that is watering it down. Moses came. The men said, can they divorce their wives? No. The Moses came and said, sir, they said I should go and be sure that I heard you clearly. He said, okay, tell them they can divorce their wives. But they will give a certificate of divorce. They will do this and give it. Moses went there. I said, this is what the Lord said. But he said, me? I never said so. What you heard was what I said diluted by the hardness of the heart of man. I'm telling you, you know, the first day, one day, not the first day, one day I was thinking about it, that God, you told the people of Israel to go and spy the promised land. Why? I said, God, why did you, that's number, is that 13 or 14? There about, let me, because I'm referring to it. I'm not going to read it, just point to, for the records, let me just say, say it correctly. Yes, number 13. They should go and spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the sons of Israel, one man from each of the tribes. I'm like, God, now wow, when did you start doing things like this? <laughs> that was what came to my mind. 
Until later. I said, no, this is not your character. You know why God tells you should go and spy? They, they refuse to go without spy. So, okay, go, no problem. Go and spy. He didn't want them to go and spy. He said, this will go to spy. You know, he told them, he didn't take them by a particular road. Lest they see war. And then they turn back. He said, they go and spy now. These people, but they did not let Moses rest. How do you know? Go to Deuteronomy. Moses said, you demanded to go. So I had to go and tell the Lord. The Lord now gave me instruction to let you go. And of course, that was the very reason you not enter the promised land. One day, one of our sisters <laughs> told me something. That she wanted to do something, but she went and prayed about it, and she felt that the Lord doesn't want her to do it. And when we study something, maybe join a particular core, stuff like that. After that, I said, well, she had gone to pray again. The Lord said, well. I said, who said well? I said, you are sounding like Balaam. I told her straight. I said, which kind of Balaamic operation are you trying to discuss with me here? If you prayed and you felt what the Lord the first time, he hasn't changed his mind. He's not trying to accommodate your stubbornness. So please drop. She put her hand for head. Thank you, sir. I said, better drop that thing. It's another issue if we feel like, because sometimes people say they are hearing God, the truth that they didn't hear anything. So sometimes through preaching, you now hear the truth that, no, I didn't hear anything. So that may be, but God doesn't change his mind. When he gives a leading, if he does anything differently, because you continue to beg and continue to harass him, he has just reduced the best. What is leading you into now is inferior to the original plan. The problem, like I said, with Christianity, we don't like to pay the price. The price can be heavy to the flesh. It can be. That's why he says, sell all you have. He said, don't be afraid, little flock. It is a father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. So what do you do? Sell all you have. Now what was he trying to say there? The thing I'm telling you to do will be fearful. But as a cost. One reason why Paul could do what he did for the Lord. Was because. Between him and God they arranged it so that he paid that price. Sometimes the price is. You know. You know this kind of thing. As, as ever happened to you before. You want to have a bath. Now people abroad may not understand this. But in Africa we understand it very well. But most of them don't want to bathe. We pour water on our body. Is it like? Especially if you're in Enugu. If it's even Lagos, now I can understand the use of Lagos. I'm in Enugu. How many people do get shower? It's not because you don't have shower faucet in your house. It's just that water to enter the faucet is where the problem is. <laughs> can be an issue in this our city. But today I pray, say, God, do you know it's rainy season? I have to pray, God, give me water. Do you know how bad it is? <laughs> I won't go into details. But pray about everything. Don't just assume. Says rainy season now. I have to pray today, Lord, please give me water. Something led to it. Now the point I'm making is this: Has it happened to you before? You know, <laughs> it's cold. Either you don't have the time. Uh, did you go to body house in secondary school? It happened to us a lot in body house. There's nowhere to heat water, so that water you go bathe like that. It's cold. Sometimes the height of Amatan or the depth of Amatan. You know what good friends do for you sometimes. Why are you thinking about it? You can't water point on you. <laughs> you are thinking about it. Somebody just take a bottle, just pour it in on you. Ah, why did you do that? But it don't begin bath now. <laughs> you guys not even telling you. Just walking by, you can't it in. Now, sometimes God does it to us. When you don't want to obey easily. He said, this place you have walked. I remember one, one bishop, he's the bishop now. He said, I told the Lord, he was going to work in a particular company. He said, after two years, he will resign and go into ministry. 
was the editor of one big newspaper. He was doing well. Editors are powerful people. He was doing well, he was doing well, good money. <laughs> then two years came and ended. He was still there, still editing newspaper. And Jesus looked and said, you see they here? I said, I'm just thinking that when they came to work, he had been sacked. Sacked for nothing. Like, they said, you know why, why they sacked him? They said they printed a bad picture of Miriam Babangida. That's all. They didn't say he ate money. A newspaper edition came out. Somebody on the board looked at it and said, this picture of Madame, head of state's wife, first lady, that you put here is not good. He's like, no, Obama, didn't take, no, we missed that picture. It's just a picture. Now, it was so bad that Miriam Babangida had to issue a statement to say that she had no hand in it. Because Nigerian Union of Journalists, nationwide, they went into, they, they created a problem because of that thing. Miriam Babangida had to issue a statement from her office that, please, oh, the sacking of this editor is not from me. Oh. The photo that, they, maybe she didn't even see, how many newspapers would she have read? Did they reinstate him? No. He went to court and won the case. Did they reinstate him? No. It's after a while. Before Jesus would do something worse to him, he reasoned to himself. That all these ones you are going through is not the problem. The real problem was that from the beginning when you were coming here, he told the Lord, two years, you are going to be here. After that, you are going to do the work which I have ordained you to do. Six months after, you are still taking pictures of Miriam Bangida. That is why... <laughs> He said after that, he just packed his loot and left the place. Then I realized that didn't know, know what he's doing. That the problem he's having is not the problem. The problem is something else. What am I trying to say? That listen, sometimes when we don't want to pay the price by ourselves, God will pour that cold water in Hamatan on us. And when he does, that's why, you know, as a believer, there's no substitute for prayer. You must learn to pray. Pray by everything. I don't. Every calamity, every trouble, every negative thing you see in your life, you must pray about it. Every... Please, can I go over this teaching again, which you don't hear from many places. I'm one of the few people that I know that, that, that's teaching it. I, I'm not saying that um, I know everything, but it's correct. Leave the devil out. This blaming game you are playing with the devil is unnecessary. The devil now said will not make progress. He can't. He desires it to. But the pronouncing and the carrying out is not in his power. And he knows. He could never take, tell Job, you won't make progress. Would, people are afraid to say that, oh, it was Satan that tempted Job. No. Read your Bible well. It was not really Satan. It was God. Because he called Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? And Job said, and Satan said, that's a hopeless case. I don't go near. Why? Yourself, check up. Did you not surround him with the hedge roundabout? And he now told God, you, touch him. Whether he won't curse you to your face. So God now said, good. Now, I am giving you the power. Everything that he has is in your hand. But you can't touch him. All I'm going to say, everything Job experience was, was as commanded by God. So who was tempting Job? Was God. God knew his... Re- Satan didn't bring up the idea. So please leave Satan. It's not the cause of your problems. 
The powers he has, there are not too many. Number one is power of what? Temptation. Number one is what? Second, number two is what? Deception. Thank you. I to deceive people. So resist his temptation. All the deception, resist. Just simply focus on the word of God all the time. Jesus never fought Satan back with, no, leave me alone. He did not. He focused on the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's the only way you resist the devil. Now what I'm going to say, please, if you see problems in life, I think it's enough. As a believer, leave the devil out. Say, where is God my maker? Say to the Lord, what is going on in my life? God does not... Look, Job says something very powerful, and he was right. People think that, uh, you know, he did not understand the role of the devil. That was incomplete and inexperienced and inaccurate teaching. They say, Job said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That no, God gave. It was the devil that took. Which Bible did you read? Did God not say, all that he has, I give into your hands. Who took it? What's God? God is the one that gave the devil. I know we didn't read it well. Now we understand it. So Job was right when he said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken. What am I going to emphasize? Don't have the impression that all God ever does is give. Sometimes he takes. And it's not every taking that's nice. Sometimes you invest money, God says, come. How much was that investment? He said, 15 million naira. 15 million, 800,000. Say, good. You will not get anything back from it. I don't want you to cry over it. Say, what did you say? I said, that investment is the way it has gone. You won't get anything back. But I'll do you a favor. You will not be in debt. You know what he says? Go and worship. Put up your two hands and worship. And give him praise. And say, Lord, I thank you. You give me money. You have taken it away. Your name is blessed forever. Some people are panicking because the depreciation, the value of the Naira is killing your money. So what are you going to do? You're going to, you are going to chew the money? You want to now make emergency investment so that it won't lose, lose in value? What will you now do? See, the moment you kept the money in the bank, you, you subjected it to depreciation. And God is not angry with you. He didn't know where else you keep it now. You want to keep it in your house? Now you subject it to physical decay and to stealing. Let me tell you something about money. It's just money. It's not life. It's just money. You know what I found out? God can give it. Yeah, if, see. Now, the other day, I was reading that book of Job. I was listening to it on tape. And the man said, I got the person reading, okay, reading the Bible. And he said, God gave, ah! I had to pause to start thinking. God gave Job. Ah! I said, so it was God that gave Job. It was God that gave Job. It was not, it was not the game of chance. It was not the principle of investment. It was God that gave Job. He restored to him and gave, you know, he said, now Job prayed for his friends. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. That's Job 42 verse 10. Interesting about money. God gives money. So don't, if you lose money, don't worry about it. Just go and sleep. Just go and sleep. You kept money in the bank and it collapsed. Uh-huh. So you now want to collapse the bank? Just go and sleep. People just assume that God only gives. No. He also takes. 
It's a wrong, you know, in, in, inaccurate teaching that we're giving ourselves. You know, God gave, then the devil now took. Sometimes Jesus will say, give me back, you don't need it again. And please, eh, there's no need to try, you want to be accumulating property on this earth. You know when you die, you know what's going to happen? They'll bury you in a small portion of one of them. That's the maximum. You know, it's as if, why are you saying it? Is it sometimes it's as if you, you have to remind people of this. Don't people don't live like that? They don't. That's, that's why, you, you know, why am I talking like this today? People just need to hear this. If you don't have something, you don't have to leave it. If you need it, pray about it. If it, does, if it comes, take it. If it doesn't come, leave it. It will come another time. They are too busy. What you are using your faith for is not the primary assignment God gave you for faith. But at least writing prayer list. Things that God must do before the year is over. Why don't you just leave this year? Just you, look, just do six months of Thanksgiving. Which month are we in now? Okay, so, yeah. So we have any moment months ago. August, we count now. We're just starting August. August, September, October, November. We have five months to go. Okay, good. Let me give everybody an assignment. No prayer points. Things that he must do. You know one thing I tell the Lord there is that what me what I just like in my life. I don't I just like peace of mind. I don't like to have prayer points. <laughs> For that reason I avoid it. The other day, you know, my mother was trying to pressure me to do something the other day. I told my I told my sister, I said, tell your mother, <laughs> our mother actually. I said, I can't even carry, you know, there are things I can't carry to God in prayer. I said, I'm not only not doing, I'm not even going to pray about it. God wants to start praying about it. And you start, you know, I expect God to do it. And you start watching out for when he will do it. I said, that, look, Elijah looking out for when rain will fall. It's a lot of work. And I think it's a lot of work. I really, sometimes I don't like getting involved in it. I just pray to God that let me just be able to sleep well. I like, I like good bed. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. One of my most important needs in life you know, that is, is a good bed. Seriously. If I'm choosing a hotel, just, look, it's bed. When I get there, I first, I, once it, you know, I travel a lot because of preaching and all of that. Then when I enter the hotel, the first thing I do is just <laughs> sit on the bed. There's a kind of bed I like. And the one that I wake up, you know, should, should I be paying you for three days? All those who that sleep on orthopedic bed, I don't know who you injured because. <laughs> and those mattresses are so expensive. I, mean, I like a mattress that my whole body will mold into. Now, not something I just want to sleep well. I don't want to have. I don't want to have prayer points. I've seen people say that I want to take up my children abroad. I say, Are you praying about it? Are you all right? Do you know this is a prayer point for some people? When I was talking to some people, they said that, uh, so, uh, why do you want to have many children? I said, what's wrong with having many children? Said, if you want to travel abroad, I said, so you rather have one child you can take abroad than have eight that all of you are happy. <laughs> I said, when is going abroad suddenly a prayer point? See, it's not a prayer, for me, it's not, a, I don't, if you, it's not a prayer point, if if you're a young woman, if you pray that God will give you a beautiful dress for your wedding, I, th- I don't think you're normal. Collect rapper tight. No, we just will say I do. What's your problem? See, I have no problem with you know, big weddings, expensive weddings. If you have the money, do it. But please don't pray about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, 
you know, with my gown. Do you know this gown, the higher gown these days? Those days when I wedded, people were not hiring gowns. And I said, why don't they hire these things? Because I remember the cost of my wife's gown. And the fact that after that day, you know, the men, we don't have a problem. We wear our suits for the next, look, check, this one came to his wedding. Maybe his wedding suit, you never can <laughs> After all this, a children don't almost born children. He's still wearing the suit. That, that, that's one thing about men's suit, you know. The, 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 you know the men's shoes also. You wear it after. But the women, both the gown and the shoe is useless after that day. So when we were wedding, you had to buy your... Ah, ah. So I said, why don't you people hire this? If you see the way they look at me, for what? They won't abuse me, Taya. Because, you know, I wedded at the time when... All my friends are getting married. No, well, in fact, there was a wedding in, in October. You know, I went in December. One of my friends wedded exactly a week you know, before me. The earlier in the year, another of my friends. You know? So, you know, this wedding, wedding. So, when they're talking wedding things, all the, all the women were around us, you know, just to marry, just the, you know, so discussion all the time. You almost want to quarrel over the kind of ring, ring where you buy, they go lost after two, two months. Some of them are not lost, now fat. Yes. You go over fat, Abby. Is that English good? <laughs> You go over. I said, why do you want to die for all these things? But the women did not want to hear. Oh, a few years down the line, hiring gowns is now the normal thing. Does anybody sell gowns again now? I say, this is my own. Yeah, there were a few, a few hotelers that do such things, but, <laughs> but most people, no, they don't bother. Now, why am I talking about it? Then I said it. Why don't people just, just get somebody else's gown and use now? No, ha! You know, one time a man of God, I'm not joking, I've been prophesying about wedding. <laughs> I tell young men, you don't, see, just by the way, you don't need to buy a new suit for your wedding. Don't worry about it. And there's something they do in Enugu. Let me, let, me, let me warn you about it again. If you buy suit for your, if you, if you buy suit for your best man, he's a wicked person. You don't go see husband. Have you? So is he wife? Uh, he don't go see wife. For the next two, if you're a you best man, they're buying suit for your wedding. Two, two, I, I postpone your wedding by three months. Nonsense. You can't buy your own suit. Don't, don't do best man for you. You're a bad man. How can you be a bad man be my best man? What does it make any sense? <laughs> increasing the cost. Some people even hear that the bride will do hair for the chief bridesmaid and the bridal train. You are letting Ogbanji will follow you to marry. It's <laughs> a mommy water spirits. Anybody you have to do hair for, to be your chief bridesmaid or be your page, what they call the flower girl, they are evil spirits. <laughs> Buy your own dress if you want to be on my train. I hope you just here, I see that culture. I didn't see it all my life until I got to Enugu. My best man paid for his own suit. That's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, it's not your suit. I was best man twice. I paid for my, I, I bought my own suit. One of my friends, I tried to beg him. He said, no, we need to wear new shoes. I had to buy shoes in my poverty. I bought shoes. These days I've seen that there's no need. Oh boy, see that your black shoe? Bring it out. Go to the shoemaker down the road. Me, polish them for you. 
We are not looking at it. You think we are looking? We're not looking. No. We don't notice. You are the one thinking about it. We are not looking. We're not looking. We don't know. Who knows whether the shirt is new or old? Better go and beg one of your friends. Oh, what, you get white shirt? Now beg. I'll give you after the wedding. It does not change the anointing in your marriage. Wait. Reduce your expenditure. That's what I'm going to make. Stop giving God work to do. Father God, what do you remove for our wedding now? Now suit, now shirt, and shoe. Because I'm not bringing. I know what I'm telling you. There's no need to kill yourself. We're giving God unnecessary prayer points. You, your, your faith will now finish. You know, by the time you finish the wedding, you don't have faith again. You don't have, you don't have faith to live life. You know, you spent all the energy trying to marry. I don't know why I'm saying this. I, 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 I keep saying once in a while. I need to help people. Because they have a lot of unnecessary headache. Say, I want to do party. Ah, 10th anniversary is coming up. Huh? Very soon, I'm going to do 25th anniversary. God keeping us. Jesus doesn't come. I'll do 25th anniversary just for the fun of it. Just oh, close that junction. Close that junction. <laughs> <laughs> and then drive, drive like four buffaloes down the street. Just kill the buffalo. This is my seed offering. <laughs> they will just chop. God expects us to chop. We will just chop. Say, Pastor, are you just getting my head? Yes, so. And if I don't have money, I'll wait till the 30th anniversary. Just do anyone. See, look for any excuse to chop. <laughs> yes, just. So if you can't, my point is if you can't do it now, postpone it. You go marry now, don't keep any young woman waiting. Go and marry, just go. Say, I don't want one, one man one day. He just, he, he, my friend was one that organized the wedding for him. He just gave, okay, of course, not 2,000 euros to the boy. Someone of that time. Give the guy, this is all the money I have, I beg. Let me do some things. They went to church. He didn't give anybody money for food or drink. He said he doesn't have. That the money he has, he has other things to do. He wants you to take care of his wife. And he has been postponing the wedding for so long. That was his own problem. They have been waiting to have money. Meanwhile, I'm wasting somebody's time. So he told the young man, I hope you don't mind. Let's just do this in sharp, sharp. More they go house. The guy said she's not mine. Do you know during the ceremony, after they say, after they don't do it, you do, I do, he do, he do. He saw drink coming out. He said, where is that coming from? He did it. He said, let's just do this and let's just go. Now, that won't stop him from prospering in life. He cannot come back 10 years later and each bottle will have a wine worth 20K. It doesn't matter. Each table, each table will have a bottle of wine. 20, when God, you know, there are things you... God, they don't make it a prayer point. But when I give it to you, you can do it anyhow. You get my point? Like if I have someone, just say, okay, I want to do this ceremony now. Just 15 million. Everybody that comes eats a whole chicken. At that time, you know, I, like, I don't know about here, in my part of the world, eh? when your papa die, your mama die, if you don't get money, don't worry, they worry you. You're very small. You don't, no need for choice have yourself. I'm serious. Just go to the village, you just say, guys, we never do burial, but we need to enter this body. So they just gather together, do a few things, say, don't worry. They will write it down, you never do burial, they will write it down. Say, will they come? You go away. Then 20 years later, after you have built refinery, you now remember. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've seen it happen. One of my distant relatives at that time, we were very young. That was the first I saw it. He was buried the father 12 years after he died. 12 years. When I say, seriously, 12. 12 years. One relative I know still did burial for a mother that died 25 years before. Honestly, they do the full burial, full, with all the ceremonial, the cry. They see people to come and cry self. <laughs> Nobody crying, I won't cry. You can still cry. <laughs> then they will still beg you, please stop crying. And listen, me, I don't quarrel with villagers. When they say with the village people, they are customers. No, now food they won't chop. Some of you say you'll be fighting this needless fight. So I'm a Christian. They know you're a Christian. They are not quarreling over that. But your Christianity will not prevent them from eating. Some say I don't pass me in idol worship. They too, they don't pass me in idol worship. <laughs> they only participate in eating. So some of these arguments. Just tell them, say, guys, calm down. Just write and say, I'm never ready. Just, just, just entire this body. I'll be back. They know you'll be back. Then when you come back, you just you count how many compounds I just give one each compound one half cow, so two compounds a cow. That time they say good. From that they will make it a new law. Nobody should bury father in a hurry in this place again. <laughs> this horrid blessings. Why we don't get enough to eat? A horrid burial. Say henceforth, please, you only bury your father when you have become rich. And it's you that go like, what am I going to say with all of these things? See? I don't, let, let's not give ourselves unnecessary stress. Just relax in the hand of the Lord. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. And in due season, he will lift you up. Please, just bear that in mind. What's my message for today? Listen, of course, where I wanted to get to, I'm sure you're used to it by now. Sometime we'll come back. We'll come back again. The main thing I wanted to say, again, is activating that spiritual walk. But I now went into a tangent that we don't pay the price, all right? They walk with God. God has a level that he wants us to walk in. But you have to step into it. It has a cost. And the cost comes in different ways. And one of them is that strips us of things that we're not supposed to hold on to. Some of them, the yastics of success in the world, God has to strip you of it. There are people that God, you say, God, give me a car. God say I can give you a motor car. If I have two, one is in the wharf, one is about to ship from America. So why are you not giving me? Because you are still defining your success by it. So that's all. I know you need it. I know it's good for you. I'm going to give you two of them. After you have stopped defining yourself by it. So what do you mean? All right? There are going to be a number of occasions in which you go and meet your friends. You go back to that village. There's a big ceremony coming. And you will go joyfully and you won't have. And so your heart I'm looking at. You won't feel inferior to anybody. You won't feel like my God will soon bless me. You know that kind of attitude. You can be laughing at me now, but my God is coming because I don't have time for that nonsense. Go there the way you are. Laugh. Say, ah, ah, bro, you never buy motor. Say, I never buy. Why? My money never complete. Leave them. I don't have, look, I have other things I'm doing. I don't have the money. Simple. Don't say, uh, there's no, you know. And once one sister asked me those days in the US, you don't have a car. How come? I said, the money they are selling it, I can't pay it. That is it. Do you need a revelation? I've gone to price this thing. I know I'm, where my cousin was selling. I know how much they sell it. I can't, I can't afford it. Hey, I said, look, that's not what I'm using my faith for. 
What I'm using my faith for right now is to read the Bible. Read the Bible, understand it. Revelation used to jump in my head, into my head from different places. The little money I had that time, I bought every book I could find. I used to buy books until the money is finished, we'll trek back home. Don't come and harass me that I don't have a car. If I don't have one car, I don't marry me, I'll leave it. Eh? And the woman that finally married, I said, didn't have a car. We thank the Lord. But now I have a car. <laughs> yes. I can crack. The moment I have dashed for motor car. I drive car for some time. I don't want to give somebody. Sometimes I just look, say, ah, this man not bring money, we buy, we dash first. What's it? Yeah. Look, relax. That's what I'm saying. What did I say? Relax. 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 Seriously. Relax. I'm talking to somebody. Because some of this, this is to relax. Why God is not bringing the blessing? Say, you are defining your life by that blessing and I will not cooperate. All kinds of. There's one woman I know in this city. So I've, I've told the name to some of people. She wanted to have a child. Everybody had. What? One day, I don't know what happened. God just said, look, no, God, I don't know how she got to understand it. But she said, I beg, leave this thing. She forgot the whole idea. You know what she started doing? She started being happy. She wants to go out there. She will, oh, she will dress like, you know, like we say, D.I.E. She will look, dress herself up well. They are going to party, she will go go. Wedding, she will go. Anyone, she will go there. Make sure she was happy. There I found out Don Muen. His first child was born, I think, 10 or 12 years after he got married. Are you aware of that? But when he came to Enugu, he was thinking about it. I said, what? Naturally, he didn't do anything. No. That is, one day, just found that the woman was pregnant. It's after that. Eh? They were just dropping one after the other. Bam, 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 bam. The woman was telling me about the woman said she just told herself. Say, ah, I beg you, do job. This thing won't define me. And then she went for a meeting, he was sitting down, one woman just looking at her. She said, the woman looked at her and said, Wow, that you look so beautiful. That I like, you know, just talking. Say, by the way, the Lord said I should tell you something. You didn't know the woman from Adam. So the Lord said I should tell you that there's something that you want or need that I have given it to you. Nine months later, she delivered. After that, it was one after the other, every year. Another one go drop. Every another one go drop. What I like about the, her story is that it was after she said, mm, I beg you do. Okay, there's a story I was telling you also earlier. One of our brothers, we published the story in one, one, one of our magazines. That's what happened to him. He wanted to go abroad to do this. He wanted to go abroad. I, he did everything. Finally, one day, he said, There was something I said because he's one of our disciples. He said, One day, there was something I said. He just realized that, ah, no, my life cannot be defined by this desire, this ambition. That even his own father said to him that he had lost, that his father was willing to sell land to help him get money to go abroad for his, as an engineer, for his postgraduate in engineering. So when he saw the, when he told his father that his new level, the father was disappointed. All of them were like, ah, but you are, so that I believe that I'm not doing it again. Leave it. <laughs> because he had a job, said so God has given me a job. So he, he said there was something, the one thing he learned along the lines that I said that each point, there's something that God has given you to do. So he asked, what has God given me to do now? It was a you know, junior lecturer in a, in a university and a youth pastor in a church. He said, these are the two jobs I have now. So he put his whole life into those two things. Mentoring the young people in his church and teaching the students as an assistant lecturer or something in the university. 
So that's what he did. He did it so much, his father said, what is wrong with you? You are not even planning again. He said, I'm not planning again. Leave it. And he wasn't joking. Some of us want to just do God, mm, do God like this. No, he was serious. None of it was serious. It was two years. So he knew that he wasn't joking. He had left, the, he had left it. He said, this work I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a master's program. Yeah, let me finish. Finish the master's program. I was just doing things I was doing. And then one day just got an email. Ah. Where did they get my email? See, one of those times when he was hosting those days, there was a place that had dropped an application. I thought that you are being monitored. Your life is not an average life. This is a plan. So they picked it. An issue came up. So they just scanned the applications they had. But that was not a game of chance. It was God that picked his own. Because in the whole of Africa, they picked only five people. He was one of them. The whole of Africa. Of all the young men that qualified, he was among the people. He said, oh, they just told him that, look, you need to come for an interview. How? Okay, we'll do it on Skype. So he tried. He didn't even know what the interview was going to be about. So he just tried to prepare for it. He sat in front of Skype. He said, I don't think I did particularly well by his own assessment. And the result, it, this was what he said. He said, sir, then Jesus surprised me. That's how he ended that portion. He said, Jesus surprised me. Those guys gave him a fully funded scholarship to go and do a PhD abroad in robotics engineering. Fully funded, 100%. I had interest in robotics. They said, come, come and do a PhD. They paid for everything. Two years after he left, he said, I'm not doing it again. We're not dealing with a, a, a game of chance here. We're not dealing with a dead God. There's nothing happening to you by chance. You are the only one. I'm the only one. We are the ones in our lives that can obstruct what God is doing. That's the truth. We allow him to walk in your life. That's what I'm allow him to walk in your life. That's what I'm busy for this evening. We're talking about activating that spiritual walk. We'll get back to it later. But for now, what am I trying to say? Relax with the Lord. Tell your neighbor, relax. relax. Tell somebody else, relax. relax. Say, pay the price. Remember, that price is not, it's not really costing you anything. It's actually God stripping off the flesh and stripping off all other hindrances to his blessing in our lives. Let's bow down our heads and give him thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Let's give him thanks.